<laughs> is it time for recess yet? I'm so glad you found time to join us here on the Child Care Director's Chair, where Erica Sacoccio shares her best practices that she's refined through her passion of directing child care centers over the last 23 years. From parenting interaction, systems to save you time, money, and stress, to profitability. She shares it all from the Child Care Director's Chair. Hey, welcome back. It is Erica, and I'm so happy you're here today. I know that I say that every episode, and I truly mean it. Your uh, support of our uh, small uh, podcast here um, is truly heartwarming. Um, I'm always so happy to to give shout outs to our listeners. Um, one of the really cool things is we have listeners from outside of the U.S. as well. Uh, so I'd like to say hello to our listeners in Australia, in the Netherlands, in Japan, in Canada, um, the UK. So um, that is so really cool. And I am really blessed to have you here. Um, and it just shows you the impact of early childhood education and um, all of our leaders across the globe really caring about the difference that we are making for children, our communities, um, our teachers, you know, everyone. So um, thank you so much for for being here today. I know I've been lately talking a lot about oh, staff turnover and lack of teachers and, you know, the loss of so many wonderful teachers who have either left the field or have moved over into the public school sector with the expansion of universal pre-K in our uh, in our country over here at the U.S. Um, and I know many other countries have been doing universal pre-K for many, many years. And um, so today I'd like to talk about maybe 15 solutions to help reduce teacher turnover at your child care center. Because we all know teacher turnover can be a significant challenge for any child care center and high turnover rates not only disrupt the stability of the center, but also impact the quality of care, satisfaction of your parents, and we really need to address this issue. So we need to be a little proactive and think about measures that we can do to show our commitment to having a positive work environment. So let's jump into it. The first thing is very obvious, and I know we talk about it quite a bit, and we might have to get creative on how we can do this, but we have to offer competitive compensation. We have to make sure that the teachers are offered competitive salaries and benefits. And one way you might be able to do this is conduct regular market research to stay updated on the industry standards and adjust your compensation packages accordingly. And you don't want to just be like mediocre because you get what you pay for. So, you know, if the market rate in your area starts at, you know, 14 to 15, maybe you want to start 16.50 to 17. Um, so, you know, be a bit, a bit above so you can get a bit above. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk, and I fully agree, as the talent pool starts to shrink a little bit, we may need to reach out into some other areas uh, to connect with some other folks who maybe are not currently in the field, but are, are looking for some guidance on 
where they might want to make a career um, and maybe, you know, our uh, field of early childhood education or youth or school age um, might be a good fit for them. So, um, but we got to make it worth their time and while because let's face it, it's a lot easier to do a job um, that, you know, you're not responsible for, for people's lives and um, young children are very busy and they require a lot of attention and supervision the entire time you are, you know, you're on the floor. Um, and rightfully so, because that's what children deserve. Uh, but when you compare that to other types of jobs, you know, um, where you don't have to be so on all the time, you know, we have to make it make sense. So uh, I know a lot of the funding has depleted that we had been using to pay people higher salaries. And now we have to figure out how do we make it work. Some of that might might include us advocating and at the state level and the federal level, but that's a conversation for a different day. But make your budgets work where you can pay your teachers a little bit more. There are other places that you can um, you can tighten up the belt, but that isn't one of them. I would also recommend that professional development uh, is a number two focus for your program. Provide ample opportunities for professional growth and development. Offer training programs, workshops, conferences to enhance their skills and knowledge. And just, you know, most teachers have different lifestyles where, uh, when they get out of work. So make sure that the way that you're providing these opportunities meet everybody's needs. For example, if you constantly have tri uh, trainings after hours and your, some of your staff members have young children, but they may not have somebody watch their children, obviously that's a deterrent. Some people learn better with in-person trainings. Others learn better with online trainings. Um, so switch up the ways that your staff can acquire their professional development and Think about how do you do that? Do they do it on their own time? Are they responsible to pay for the professional development? Or is it something that's offered for free? And I think a good program has a combination of all, all the things. Um, and a lot of states right now offer free college tuition uh, to take some ECE courses. And if your state is lucky enough to have those types of trainings, um, offer those to your entry-level teachers. You know, the other thing I feel like has happened a lot in in the previous days is there's a lot of investment in your lead teachers, but maybe not so much in your TAs. And so now that the lead teachers have left, maybe your TAs don't have as much skill set as they should or as much educational, uh, formal education behind them as they should. So smart programs know that their TAs of today are their leads of tomorrow. And so at our program, we we have implemented this for a very long time, thankfully so, and luckily so, I should say. Um, there is the Rhode Island Early Learning Standards, and every state has some variation of their own uh, standards. But um, typically, many programs were only sending their lead teachers to acquire the foundations, uh, which is like a level one. And uh, we have been having TAs equally take that uh, course and get that certification. Same thing with CDAs, uh, our entry-level uh, TAs. We, you know, we start them on that journey to get that CDA. And it starts as simple as get a binder. Everybody is required to do PD anyway. So help them start collecting their PD, start separating it into the different areas or components that you need in your CDA portfolio and make that an ongoing thing uh, because it makes it much easier when it comes time to say, hey, 
you know, we really like to support you in acquiring your CDA. So professional development, every state looks a little different, but make sure you're offering to all levels and a variety of ways that is conducive for their lives. Some of it should be paid. Some of it should be on their own. Um, not everybody's going to agree with me there, but I, I do think that they should have some of their own skin in the game, if that makes sense. Um, and then some of it certainly should be yeah, uh, paid through your program or for during uh, clock time hours. Because um, I think that that just shows good um, goodwill and, uh, you know, support of your of your team. But with that being said, we'll, we'll jump right on into supportive leadership. Cultivating a supportive leadership style that encourages open communication, collaboration, and mentorship. And be available to listen to your teacher's concerns and provide guidance when needed. And I think the smaller your center is, the easier it is to do. When you do have multiple locations, you have to be real thoughtful about where you spend your time and making sure that it is equally distributed and everybody feels, you know, supported through your leadership team. Um, and, and that starts from the top down. So um, supportive leadership definitely does help with teacher turnover. You also have to recognize and appreciate your teachers, their hard work, their dedication. Implement a system to acknowledge their achievements or milestones, whether it's verbal praise, certificates, small rewards. Remember, not everybody likes pomp and circumstance and other people's really love that, right? They they really want everyone to know that they were recognized for X, Y, Z. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all have our own thoughts or feelings about those things. And other people are mortified when you make a big deal about them achieving, uh, you know, some type of a goal. So really know your staff and that will really help you with that and understand that, uh, you know, you want to do it in a way that feels good for everybody. And something that you can do that's really so, 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 so simple is either a staff shout out board where everybody gets to have a piece of the recognition and appreciation because it doesn't always have to come from the top down. Actually, it shouldn't just come from the top down. It should be co-workers, supporting each other, recognizing and appreciating each other. Something as simple as writing notes on paychecks really goes a long way. I feel like that is a little bit more personalized too. I mean, I know some programs send out emails and, and text messages and things like that. Um, and that's okay. But I, I think, you know, uh, trying to make it as personalized as possible. And that really does help build that connection. And we cannot forget about work-life balance. Promoting a healthy work-life balance by offering flexible schedules, scheduling options, reasonable working hours, and encourage your teachers to take their breaks and vacations to avoid burnout. Now, I know some of my staff will be snickering right now by me saying that because they're forever telling me to take a break, take a vacation. Um, sadly, I did want to go to Florida this weekend, uh, or this week, I should say. It's a long holiday week. Um, but I wanted to go, but I wasn't able to go because of this exact reason, uh, staff turnout turnover. And um, so I wasn't able to take a vacation this week, but my uh, my daughter and her fiance and dad, are, they're all down in Florida, uh, having a great time at Universal. And I am here making sure that the children are safe and the program is well run. So, um, you know, uh, this, this, the teacher turnover doesn't just affect the teachers in the classroom and the children. Uh, it, it does also affect administration and ownership. And um, 
So it does affect all of us. So we do all have to work together to try to come up with a solution. And so here we are, you know, talking about some things that we can do and again, be proactive. So um, I have not even think vacation, but don't feel bad for me uh, because it was the right thing to do and everybody has to make their decisions on the right things to do. But I am taking some time to still practice some self-care and, um, you know, enjoy myself during this break. So uh, clear expectations. We have to set clear expectations regarding the job responsibilities, performance standards, and behavior. Provide guidance in writing. All policies should be in writing, and that really does help avoid misunderstandings, and it helps promote a positive, harmonious work environment because we all know when a teacher's upset and they feel like they weren't treated fairly around something, you know, that goes like wildfire through the program. Uh, you know, they're on the floor, they're complaining to coworkers, they're complaining to parents. So when it's in writing and everybody is clear on the expectations, um, that minimizes a lot of that. Um, and, you know, really great teachers don't like a lot of drama. And, you know, in my experience, some folks during the interview tell me when I ask why they're leaving where they are, they'll say a drama, <laughs> you know, work drama and just, you know, they just want to come in and do a great job, enjoy their time. And, you know, we spend so much time at work that, uh, you know, it does really kind of come become a second home. So it's really important to have a great work environment. Effective communication. I think I bring that up on every episode and I can't stress it enough. So making sure that you have open, transparent communication on the channels within your program so everybody knows who they are supposed to go to for what. Encourage regular staff meetings and one-on-one sessions and suggestion boxes to ensure that everyone's voices are heard. And you know what's funny? I thought I was going to do a podcast on one-on-one sessions or what they should look like. I'm not sure if I ever got around to it, but I really have been meaning to. So I definitely will put that on my list here to talk about one-on-one sessions, what they should look like, how frequently, and what, you know, the overall outcome or hopefully overall outcome would be for those sessions. So we'll definitely dig into that. You want to make sure that we have collaborative decision-making in your program and involve your teachers in decision-making process that especially that affects their work. Seek their input and suggestions when implementing new policies or making changes within the center. You want to have positive classroom environment. So creating a positive classroom environment that promotes teamwork, respect, and inclusivity really does encourage the teachers to establish strong relationships with their students and families. You can implement a mentorship program and implement a mentorship program where experienced teachers can guide and support new hires. And this not only helps the teachers adjust quickly, but also fosters that sense of community and support with each other within the center. And I think do I do think too that it doesn't always have to be experienced teachers that mentor. I feel like even new teachers can mentor some of your more seasoned teachers around maybe new thoughts, theories, uh, practices that maybe they have experience with and have had great success with. Perhaps there is a challenge going on within the program. Maybe reach out to those new folks and say, hey, you can really bring a new perspective. Um, so think about that, right? Because that also helps that person get acclimated much quicker 
and makes them feel like part of the greater community and that their voice will be heard um, in your program. Definitely provide regular feedback to your teachers regarding their performance, their strengths, the areas for improvement, and offer constructive criticism in a way that is respectful, a respectful manner, and that recognizes their efforts to grow. Because unfortunately, I feel like a lot of times the feedback, the feedback is, you know, a lot of negative, you know, you're going to sandwich in that one good thing, but all they're going to hear is the negative. So, you know, perhaps you have a regular uh, feedback meeting and, and maybe you're very intentional on having a feedback meeting where all you talk about is their strengths. And maybe for once, you don't talk about the areas of improvement because many times they already know what they need to improve. So you might get a little bit more momentum with really saying, wow, these strengths are really great. Let's keep building on these strengths. So that's just some food for thought. Employee surveys are a wonderful way to help teacher turnover. Um, conduct, you know, in uh, surveys where they don't have to put their name, gather the feedback, and look for areas of improvement for the program. Because it's really easy for you to say, here are all the areas that the staff need to improve, but maybe look more inward what are the areas the center needs to improve? And that can help a great deal when people see that you are also making, um, you know, real conscious efforts to make your program a better place for everyone. And then any concerns that they have had that you're going to address them because that's also equally important. Now, staff appreciation events are always fun and often uh, overlooked. So organize staff appreciation events to celebrate your teacher's hard work and dedication. The events can be small, like, you know, an ice cream social, or they can be much larger, like a staff retreat. It really just depends on your center's resources, but staff appreciation events do go a long way. Career advancement opportunities. I fully, fully believe in mentoring and helping people grow from the ground up and then advancing them through your program, almost every single person in our leadership team has been with us for at least a few years and has at least held two or three positions within our program. And the last thing is it's on you. You need to have strong leadership team. Build a strong leadership team that's committed to the well-being of your teachers. Do they do they help the teachers? Do they do they give to the teachers? Do they share their knowledge? Do they, are they approachable? Are they supportive? Or do they lead to adding to the chaos and uh, stress and, you know, disorganization and, and all those things? Because we've all seen the memes where they say, you know, um, people leave because of management, not because of the job. They knew what the pay was when they took the job. They knew what the job responsibilities were providing that you did the onboarding correctly when they took the job. Most people, when they're happy, are not looking on Indeed for a new job. No one just accidentally finds a new job, honestly, um, unless they're looking for it or the feelers are out there that they're not happy with what they're doing and where they are. So implementing those 15 solutions can really help you create a positive work environment and help foster teacher retention and reduce turnover for your child care center. Remember, happy and motivated teachers are more likely to provide high quality care, create a nurturing environment for the children at your program. So think about what 
what uh, of those solutions you have tried, what has worked, what hasn't, what have you not tried that you're going to try in the next week or two. Make some real specific goals for yourself. Like we're going to try employee surveys and we're going to gather all those surveys. We're going to look at it as a group. We're going to keep building on what we're doing right. And we're going to try to correct what is it really aligned with our core values and where we see our program going for the future. So I hope that those tips were helpful for you. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate you. Um, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, uh, we have started to put up some new content there that is definitely different than what we share on the podcast. Also, I have very exciting news um, that I will be sharing in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you tune in. Bye. Have a great day. Well, all the cute little kiddos have been picked up and it's time to go home. And that'll do it for another episode of the Child Care Director's Chair. Please leave a review so Erica knows the information is helping you to manage and improve your child care centers. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episode from Erica's Child Care Director's Chair. <laughs>